0: Thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. We pray that God speaks to you during this message and that he moves in your life. I've got some scripture. I do have my, my uh, bazooka Bible here, which is just my go-to. It has so much just like things that I love in this Bible. This is my daily go-to. But I'm actually reading from the Passion Translation today, which is here on, on my iPad. Just some inspiration, and and I've done some studying. Pastor Greg um, shared a quote with me, and I, I just love it. it. Every time I message prep now, it's I mean message prep is kind of a lifestyle. It's never like I want to put a presentation together and have a a, a PowerPoint. And I, I'm not that type of person. I, I I pray that it is with my life that I preach, and that my daily life is is prepping for for me to be on display and to display Christ. And I pray that's the same for all of us as well. Whenever we're in the word, it's not so that we can just get something out of it. It's because he is so good that we cannot contain him. And I just, I believe that we're called to be a people that out of our pores of our body, we are literally made to overflow with his goodness and his hope. And, I pray that I'm a good representation of that this morning. But some of the scriptures I'll be in this morning is Matthew 5, verse 10 through 13. Another one is Acts 17, verse 1 through 9. And then another, if we hit all of these, would be Matthew 10, 11 through 14. So go ahead. If you're on the YouTube chat, I hope that helps you. You can write them down and then, like, share on the the comment section. Then everyone's kind of like you know, up to speed with where we're at. But first, I want to start with Matthew 5. Everything comes down to the word. It cannot be returned void. It cannot be tampered with. It cannot be misleading. God's word is full of truth. It's full of clarity. And I believe that this is a great place to start. Matthew 5. Verse 10, how enriched you are when you bear the wounds of being persecuted for doing what is right, for that when you experience, that is when you experience the realm of the kingdom of heaven, how ecstatic you can be when people insult you and persecute you and and speak all kinds of cruel lies about you because your love for me. Dang. So leap for joy since your heavenly reward is great, for you are being rejected the same way the prophets were before you. Your lives are like salt among the people. But if you, like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing, and it will be thrown out and trampled on by others. Man. Am I, in a, am I talking to people that Christ has really become real to you? Yeah? Like, I want to tell you a little bit of my story because it... It was, I think, my 16th year anniversary since I've been following Christ. I think I did my math right. 2004, 16 years ago, something like that. July 31st, 2004, I had a praying mother since I was born that she contended for My soul and the souls of all her loved ones, she's fervent in her prayer. All the moms say amen. We pray for our kids on the the forefront of the battlefield like you contend like no other. You guys are so important. And I mean, heaven is shifted in your prayer room, the prayer room of your house, of your bedroom, and prayers are answered. So keep contending. My mother's prayer was answered on July 31st, 2004. She was at a conference. She came home. She felt that the Lord said, today is Andrew's day. She walks in the house, and here I am watching the news because I was so mature. You know, mature people, we just feed ourselves with the mainstream media. So here I am sitting there. And she starts talking to me and she says, Andrew, you know, God's got a plan for your life. And I've heard this so many times, especially uh, going in and out of youth group and hearing multiple different speakers and even seeing the goodness of the Lord right in front of my own eyes. Hearing testimonies of people being set free, hearing testimonies and, and just all in those moments knowing that it could be real, but it just wasn't for me. But there I was sitting in our living room by myself in front of the TV, and my mom says it again. Did you know that God has a plan for your life? And maybe you've heard this before, that he has a plan for your life. But in this time, this is exactly what I needed to hear. See, we cannot be believers that think that everything has been said before, so there's no use of saying it anymore. Because my story is, it had been said multiple times, I have had multiple experiences before actually giving my life to Christ, but this was the one. I said, yeah, mom, I know. She said, Andrew, no, I don't think you fully know that he wants to change your life. She saw me because she was my mother, and moms have a gift just that god-given intuition of you can look at your child and you just know there's something going on so she poked a little more she said no there's something in you 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 desire the truth and he has it and it was true like i felt like i was in a place for so long that i had been misunderstood misled and misguided I have seen believers in church that proclaim to follow Christ raise up these standards that seem so insensitive to their so-called friends. Things that would be like, you can't play Nintendo. They would throw away the Pokemon cards. It seems so insensitive, like what is, why? Why? Now in my mature walk with the Lord, I realize that we all just do our best. That it's not any place for any of us to judge anybody else's walk or how they handle anybody else's family. God might be speaking to them about Pokemon cards and he's speaking to you about McDonald's. We all must follow the conviction of the Lord that he puts on our life. But in my immature, judgmental mind, I felt like there was so much hypocrisy. But see, in that season, I didn't contain the grace that I have now. So, from the outsider looking in, of course, it's easy to be critical because you don't carry the grace of the cross. So I said, Yeah, mom, I know. I know he does, but I just feel so alone and broken. And it's in that moment that for the first time ever, I heard the audible voice of the Lord. And to this day, it marks my very soul. It wasn't much, but it was enough. And I think that there's some of you that are needing his voice today like I needed. I heard him say, shh, it's going to be all right. I got you. There's some of you that are putting up a wall. You don't believe that he's got you, but he's saying, my son, my daughter, it's all right. I got you. Quiet your soul. You don't have to run or be angry anymore. The confusion and chaos is not your portion. It's not what I have for you. She just got to quiet down so you can hear my voice. Hear what I have to say. At that moment is when I knew there was no other option but to accept Christ. There was no other option than to let in this loving, tender father that was shown through his son. See, the message of hope is that he came as a baby. He left everything, all his rights. He left it all so that he can come like a man, face every single struggle, every single temptation on our behalf. So much so that he bore our sin and the sins of the world on the cross. Not so that we can be ashamed, but so that we can actually taste true freedom and victory through him. Because it was ended when he died and he was buried. And then he rose victorious just like you and I can... When we accept him, walk in his victory and no longer fear the clinches of sickness, sin and death, but rather we can move forward and press on towards the goal that is Christ and seeing and tasting the true freedom and knowing that he is so, so good. See, on that day, I said yes to Christ, but it wasn't over. My mom was so, so tenacious and and, and passionate. She says, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe that we're in a time, in the condition of our nation, when we're seeing who has been touched and filled with the Holy Spirit. And who is actually walking hand in hand with this spirit of the living God that we talk about and we, we know about. See, we can preach Christ. We can know his word. We can read it and study it. But if we do not have the Holy Spirit, if we do not have the tangible presence of the promise of the baptism of fire that was promised that the disciples were told to wait, They were told to wait until he comes. This gift, this promise. I think we're starting to see in the nation the split, even among believers, of who is listening to the Holy Spirit and who is listening to the legality of the word. My mom said, you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit like I have, and you are not hungering for more, I think that's a dangerous place to be in. It's okay to experience his presence and be marked forever. And then maybe 16 years go by and there's never been an encounter like that in your life but you don't let your heart grow bitter. You don't let your heart grow hard. You don't deny the experience because it was so real and it's just undeniable. But there's never been a day, maybe, like that day when you just felt, you shook. And it's never about the tingles. It's never about the hoo haws and (laughs) yee-yahs. It's not but it's about being touched by his presence. And if you don't hunger for that again, I would say that's a dangerous place to be in, and it's time to seek the Lord again because we must be people who ask for more because that means if we are not hungry for more, we believe that God's limited to what he just gave, and that's it. It's time to hunger for more. I wasn't ready yet. Say he wasn't ready yet. He wasn't ready, he wasn't ready yet. He accepted Christ on July 31st. I did. And my mom, I was like, I was kind of like this, weepy and, and just so touched by God. I couldn't, I was, I was like, this is too much. This is, and she says, There's more. I'm like, dude, I am full. Like I don't know I don't know if I can handle anymore. God knew he was up to he was up to like he always is up to good, not no good, but he was up to good. 3 days later, Tuesday, August 3rd, 2004, I get invited to a a youth service at our old A-frame building. And there I am. I find myself sitting at the very back of the youth group. They're having an altar call. I'm chilling. I feel a hand on my back and say, it was a good friend of mine, Caleb. Some of us know him, Caleb Pate. One thing I admire most about him and a lot of their family is they can just quote the word and it just lives in them. Like, I love that about their family. And Caleb puts his hand on my back and says, I want to pray for you. It went from a moment of just receiving prayer and I was sitting in a chair to the entire group is gathered around laying hands. And out of my mouth starts uttering these words of the spirit and I was, I was lost in a good way, lost in joy, this this amazing presence of the Lord that I had never experienced before. I experienced so much freedom. I didn't even care how many people were around me. (laughs) I was so undone with the love of Christ. Christ. That was a moment where I felt the shift, the transition. See, when we accept Christ and we receive his fullness, boldness comes. Boldness comes because boldness is necessary. I believe that we're in a time where maybe some of us have been believing lies about who we are and how we're supposed to live. It was always about boldness. I want to share another portion of scripture in Acts 17, one through nine. After passing through the cities of M-something-something something in Apollina, Paul and Silas, arrived in Thessalonica. I got that one. As, a, as they customarily did, they went through the synagogue to speak to the Jews from the Torah scrolls for three weeks. Paul challenged them by explaining the truth and providing to them the reality of the gospel that the Messiah had to suffer and die and raise again among among the dead. He made it clear to them, saying, I have come to announce to you that Jesus is the anointed one, the Messiah. Some of the Jews were convinced that their message was true. So they joined Paul and Silas, along with quite a few prominent women, and a large number of Greeks who worship God. Amen. But many of the Jews were motivated by bitter jealousy, and they formed a large mob out of troublemakers, unsavory characters, and street gangs to incite a riot. They set out to attack Jason's house for poor Jason, for he had welcomed the apostles into his home the mob was after Paul and Silas and thought to take them by force and bring them out to the people. When they couldn't find them, they took Jason instead along with some of his brothers in his house church and dragged them before the city council. Along the way, they screamed out those troublemakers who have turned our world upside down have come here to our city. I wanna stop for a second and focus on those troublemakers who have turned our world upside down. See, when we've signed up to follow Christ and we've said yes and accepted his boldness, I believe we are we may be believing a lie that our message must be tangible, not tangible, but palatable for everybody. It must be a message of gumdrops, cupcakes, and gummy bears, because everybody loves them, and nobody's going to have problems with that. Instead, everyone will fully accept it, and there will be no ruffled feathers, so much so that we can have huge church services Inviting all of our friends because the cool lights and how awesome the music sounds. We could all feel really, really good. Get tingly jitters and go, "Woo! praise the Lord, hallelujah. My friends, that is not what I'm seeing here. What I'm seeing is believers that were so gripped by the reality of the cross. And that Jesus is the one true anointed one. What I'm seeing is that the message turned the world upside down. It challenged every system that was in place. See, I have found myself saying, well, I have conservative values. This is a personal conviction that I have. And I've, I've seen myself going, I, I have my conservative values So then we'll say we'll vote conservatively because these people agree with some of these things. I'm here to speak for myself that that's a cop-out now because I believe that we've grown so content and comfortable in the Constitution when the Constitution was never for our salvation, but it was to conserve the values of the Bible. But the thing is, the Bible was never to be conserved for protection because the Bible is sharper than a two-edged sword that is meant to cut down. See, it's not about defense, it's about offense. We are never to defend ourselves. Only to preach the word in a form of offense. So much so that Jesus says if they don't accept it, move on. Keep going. Keep moving on. And if you're persecuted for righteousness, count it joy. You're, you're receiving the blessing of the kingdom. Because even the prophets that were before you were persecuted the same way. It's not about Republican or Democrat. See, if we start putting our trust in chariots and horses, we'll be put to shame. You must vote on your personal convictions, and I would say by biblical standards. But I'm tired of settling for, well, this one's better than the other. We cannot choose to settle any longer. See, our portion was never to be confused or even content. Our portion of the gospel was to be filled with so much boldness to the point of overflow, so that in every season, Through every trial, we can count it as all joy when we face many trials and tribulations of all kinds. If you're looking to follow the same gospel as me, I think we can all agree that we gotta turn the world upside down. See, we talk about and fight among believers. Well, this scripture says, and that scripture says. My question is: What fruit do we want in our nation? What fruit do we do we want for our family? Because when I'm seeing leaders being elected that so much so hate the gospel, they hate the word of God, so much to the point that they're going to swear an oath on a Dr. Seuss book instead of pleading their allegiance to the word of God, I think we're in a bit of a problem. I think we've got ourselves in a situation See, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, the care that I used to have for what everybody thought about me switched to what only matters is what Christ thinks about me. My highest value is for what my father thinks about his son. People don't see what you do at home. People don't see what you do in your quiet place when nobody else is looking. See, it really doesn't matter. That's what we gotta love, because we all mess up and we all suck in some ways. But what matters most is what the one who sees all thinks about you. Thinks about those choices that we're making in the quiet places of our souls. And if we're here as believers, hoping to gain the favor of all people, I think we're reading the gospel a little bit backwards. Because it says when you follow Christ... If you choose to follow me you get a little unpopular but there is a promise there is the testimony that some they'll believe some will see you and hear the message of the cross the testimony of Jesus in your life and they'll go that's true that's true It's time to pray. I don't know about you, but do you just feel his weight? Holy Spirit, I ask even right now that in the moment that you met me, in the same fashion, would you meet those viewing and those even sitting here? Father, I ask that you would raise up a righteous standard, that we would be people that pursue righteousness and to live holy Father, that we would not just be people who complain about Netflix and not be people who just seek out the best candidate for the position. But Lord, would you stir in us a huge passion so that your name would be made famous in our land. Father, that we would not be afraid any longer. And that we wouldn't look to the mountains and say, we should just run and hide. But Lord, would you stir up in us a deep-rooted passion in your word and by your spirit. I ask, Lord, that you would give us a righteous and holy anger. Not one that is of the flesh and that desires to seek vengeance, but Lord, one that will even help us question what needs to be questioned. That would help us seek out those places and agreements that we've made in our hearts that are not of you. Lord, would we start to ask the questions, who is actually in charge? Who is the one that provides Father, would we look our own personal fear of of our own family not being taken care of or us losing our jobs? Would we actually look into your face and see that we can trust you? Lord, would you forgive us for believing the lie that you are not our provider and that Ecclesia is just about us changing our workplace. Lord, we we see now. We see now that the ecclesia was formed so that we preach the gospel in our workplace, in our homes. And it wasn't just for favor. but it's so that you would make your name known. All through the internet, and whoever's viewing this now or even later, if you feel far away from Christ and you don't know even about your own tomorrow, if you want to accept Christ, Say this word, Jesus, I need you. I recognize that I do not have it all together and that I've sinned. I recognize that I'm far away from Christ, from you. I choose this day to follow you. I lay my life down, my rights down, because I want to know you would you come into my life and be Lord of my life? In Jesus' name. If you're desiring a refreshing of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right where you're at, even if you're viewing in your house, would you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. Even in the room, if you want to feel A fresh baptism. If you want to experience the Lord with a fresh baptism, you can stand up. And Lord, I thank you that it's not on my shoulders. It's not on my anointing. It's not on uh, how well I preach. It's not on how well I've prepared. But Lord, it's on you. It's effortless on our part. There's nothing that we can do that can better prepare us to receive a fresh infilling or a fresh touch. But Lord, it's by your grace and your mercy and your goodness. So as your kids, we ask for more. We see that you have an endless supply. We see, Lord, that there's There's nothing that you cannot overflow to the point of running out. You have a constant supply. So we even stand here now, Lord, would you fill us with boldness? Would you fill us with your fire? Would you burn in us a passion for your name? Lord, that we would be the ones to lift the banner of Jesus high in our nation that we would look sin and death in the face and say no more in our land. God, that we would be people of the word and of the spirit. We ask, Lord, that you would fill them up even more, even more. Lord, that they would experience your spirit in a tangible way, that their feet would be like fire. And wherever they would go, the fire in the spirit would jump on hearts of those who hear the message of Christ. Lord, would we be walking flames of passion that burn for you, Lord? Let it be a boldness that cannot be contained. And as the dark becomes darker. And the flavorless becomes even more flavorless. Let us be those that are salt, full of flavor. Full of flavor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to our channel. God bless.